This week on the Push Willows podcast, we have the countdown to PT Core. Finally, we also have a protein bar review, a lot of the episodes about weight loss expectations, and some questions from the ground. <laughs> All right, three, two, one, mate. I'm absolutely Hank Marvin. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Damik, and me, Tom Hall. This meeting's being recorded, Dan. It is. The, Tom. Tom didn't know about the new Zoom lady that says this meeting's being recorded. Hell. I know. In my ears, I was like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> who's this?" I was like, "We," as I said, we use Teams a hell of a lot, but. Yeah, I haven't been on a Zoom since Daniel last week. Um, I wasn't on one pre before Daniel last week, but there wasn't one there. Mm. So yeah, wow, how exciting! New Zoom lady. Yeah. If you're recording your Zoom, just press record. Okay, a nice lady, talk to you for a little bit. Just in case you're on a Zoom by yourself and you want to talk to someone for a, <laughs> yeah. for a little bit. I, I assume it's because people are maybe complaining that they don't know when they're being recorded. Yeah, I think you like you can kind of it's it's. It's quite subtle, isn't it? Unless you've got it in the top-hand screen or you've got your chat and participants one mm. open. Because if you've got the participants on, it will tell me by the little red button. But if you don't really know, yeah. if, you're an, if you're an old geezer like you, mate, you probably don't know what that little button means. So Yeah, there you go, you see. And also, on our uh, PTC account, uh, our one, as soon as we log in, it starts recording everything. So we don't even have to press anything and they don't wow. get notified. So that's probably why I reckon as soon as they log in, they go, this is being recorded in their ears, right? Because, yeah, probably yeah. we don't have to do anything. We just record all you people that are in our Zooms. We record you like that. Uh, there you go. You see, you're being watched. Mainly because it's supportive learning and we upload it to their uh, thing so the people who miss it can watch it back. But, yeah. yeah. You didn't have to explain it. We didn't actually think you were sitting there watching them. Don't worry about it. I was just, I was just, I was just basically giving a nice thing for the people who want to do and will be doing our courses. Yeah, even if you miss one of our supportive learning lives, they get to watch it. Yeah. Which yeah. leads me to say, Daniel, I believe what date is it today? Twenty fifth. The twenty fifth of May, which is what is it? Was it a week till the first of June? It is one week until PT Core arrives at your door. Wow. The there you go. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't signed up, I think we're doing, is it early bird, early bird specials, all that bullshit. Uh, we're doing that. I'm not in charge of any of that. I'm in charge of doing it. Um, yeah, you can sign up for literally, this is the cheapest it's ever going to be. Literally. Uh, and it, it's going to be an absolute steal. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the cheapest it's ever going to be. We're running like, a, I guess, would it, is it called an alpha test or a beta test? Because it's the first time we're running it. It's still called a beta before? test, isn't it? Beta test, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. We or a soft launch. There's a loads of ways to say launch. it, we'll, we'll be in a soft launch. Essentially, you'll be in a select group. We're still obviously going to get a fair few people on it. Um, we're going to take our time with it. We're going to drip it. We're going to make people do it. We're going to have supportive learning on each of the modules, pretty much covering everything we do to make sure everybody's up to scratch and going through it at the same pace, much like we do with our PT sessions. We probably, we're probably going to keep it around, but we don't know. We probably will do that for the future ones, but this is the one we're 100% doing it. Also, we're going to be asking for use. If you're listening and you're going to do it, you're going to get kind of stuff put in 
that you request basically week on week or more unit on unit probably where then I'll be like is there anything we've missed is there anything you feel like you needed to know or we haven't covered guess what mm. we're going to go and we do that and then you'll get access to either that lecture that document that thing um all that kind of bullshit okay so once you've got content and we add content in the next course maybe doesn't mean you don't get it we'll just backdate your your course so be lovely and this is the cheapest you're ever going to do it and you're always going to get all the good the current content i mean sign up mate or just wait miss the first one intake remember it's only going to be intakes guys like university and then wait till september and then miss out on all this fun Uh, it'll it'll be more expensive as well it'll be more expensive because my costs go up um yeah that's right and then dan's gonna come and work for us and he's gonna do nutrition course you go, <laughs> fuck, it. fuck it i ain't got enough work on so might as well add some more to it might hey, as well do some after more. this course i'm not writing a course for a fucking while you know what i'm gonna go teach i'm gonna teach this one <laughs> I'm gonna go and teach it but yeah seriously go go do it we got seven days before we like do stuff i'm sure anybody who's been listening to this podcast has probably been hit by our adverts hopefully i'm dan have i been- have you I've been hit by me. I'm like, stop wasting your budget. Tell him, <laughs> tell him to take my email address off. I know. Yeah, exactly. He's wasting so, his budget. Wasting my budget on the stuff. So, yeah, all I want is the digital marketing team to take me to uh, to Dishoom and give me some nice interview, to be honest. That's all they need to do. So, mm. yeah, wonderful. All right, uh, but we've got some other good news as well. Hopefully, some of these guys are listening. The My Protein crew. All passed their level three exams. The wow. ten because they had a great. I heard it's because they had a great tutor. That's they had a I great heard. tutor, which Luke was mainly their tutor. If I'm really honest. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what but, I mean. But, <laughs> but about ninety percent of the time, they were watching me on screen. So I'm the video man. Um, I'm gonna take all the plaudits. Thank you. But word well on to those guys. They've got their practical assessments in about two, three weeks. Because now um, in the level three, you have to complete your learner achievement portfolio your laps prior um doing your practical assessments um you cannot just have that lagging on forever which i think is a good thing because people take fucking forever when they do their laps like coursework right if you if you haven't got a set date for when your coursework goes in you ain't doing it you just it kind of just sits aside so you have to do that before your practical exams now so they've got that in a couple of weeks actually fun i like working weekends don't i Dan? great um yeah so oh, you live for it mate. that's what you live for i've heard oh, we'll, we'll i'll see all those guys but yeah congrats to them well done 100 percent, all of them not 100 percent marks but yeah all of them passed basically that's pretty good rate isn't it yeah wonderful so, all right congratulations and all that stuff out of the way uh are you doing all right yes mate just tired <laughs> just getting trainings catching up uh, with you now that's what um, i said yeah i think i think yeah. i had to i had to take a a sessional deload. I was just, I backed off. Basically, I went off plan. Shit. I didn't go completely off plan. I just took off a set off everything and didn't do my ESD. I went and did some, I felt so bro. I went and did some incline walking instead. Oh my God, are you a bodybuilder or what? But I didn't, I didn't. I basically, I wanted to catch up on some emails and note, like, like a load of WhatsApp messages. And I was like, this is the perfect time to do it, really. I've got like 20 minutes to do this instead of my ESD. Mm. And then, uh, yeah, I was doing that. I was like, but I didn't. 
what those guys do is like hold the hold the handles and then lean back whilst they're doing the incline. It's like it's no longer an incline. <laughs> yeah. If you lean back on an incline walk, God, no longer Dang. an incline. <laughs> Crack so, that outside. Started. Twelve point five and a little walk. I got pretty sweaty. Oh. Pretty sweaty. I think I was already sweaty, but yeah, I got even sweatier. But yeah, your mm. training going good? All good? It is good, mate. Yeah, still feeling good. Still, numbers still going up in the right direction. After that, I think I'm just, um, I think I'm on to week seven or eight now. So I feel like I'm just a bit like, it's getting to that point now. It's a bit like, okay, cool. Like, tired. <laughs> um, but no, it's still feeling strong. All going in the right direction. Things are starting to get a little bit easier. The, the real test is tomorrow night basketball returns. First session Ooh, back. Wow. That, I'll be interested you, to see if my cardio has improved. Are you planning to train the day after as well? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. laugh. I wanna see an update from Dan on his uh Insta of his uh adductors yeah. and how sore they are post my adductors are I, gonna I be reckon fried. they'll be in a better way than they ha- would have been if Dan hadn't started training with uh Coach Calf. Um yeah. yeah. I agree. I think I think it, I think I don't know. I don't wanna I don't I don't know. We'll see, but I'll I'll know because I'll remember the feeling of what it's like to play basketball for the first time in a long time. I remember what that feels like, and if I feel better and I feel more, like you say, I suppose that I fitter, I'll know instantly. I'll know because basketball it hits you pretty quick. Like once you start playing, it's like it's fucking high energy sport. So I'll know, I'll know within uh, within about five minutes whether it's paid off or not. Nice. Um, and then I've got to remember how to fucking dribble and shoot and all that shit as well. Yeah, which is fun, not but. about that. Uh, it'll come to you. Like it's like playing playing football. Like, I just went back yeah. and just slotted in. I, I wasn't as good as I like have been previously, obviously. But there was so there was some stuff I was just like, I'm not even gonna try this. Uh, but then every I feel now like and again, with football, like, it's the same. It's probably the same as basketball. It's less the skills and it's more the spatial awareness the tactical movements the yeah, yeah. keeping your eye out for the people it's it's that match stuff that you you lose the actual like shooting passing dribbling it's it that comes back pretty quick i feel like yeah the passing stuff because i like i like sitting back and like passing threading and then uh smashing the goal around again um but that seemed to like hang around a little bit better but yeah it was like shit i'm out of position so badly yeah uh, and now yeah. I'm absolutely blowing from trying to get back in position for a recru- like a recovery run, a classic like Andy Robertson left wing back going, shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Virgil yeah, Van Dyke's yeah. going, I'll cover you, mate. It's all right. Um, yeah. yeah, lagging back, but yeah, it's cool, good, all wonderful. It's a fun week, so I'm not like I've basically had a front loaded week because my sister is getting married on Thursday. Um. So I am going to be at a wedding, my restrictive wedding. of It's 29 people, not 30, that are going. Yeah. Uh, because Chloe, my girlfriend, is not here right now. So thanks, Chloe, if you're listening. Um, Tom's, yes. hiding, Tom's locked you in a cupboard. That's why she's not there. <laughs> Basically, I uh, got to order her food, and then I was like, you're not coming because I want your food. Uh, yeah. I want a nice. I want yeah. a spare seat next to me. Sorry, um, no, because she's she's away working, so unfortunately she won't be there. But yeah, twenty nine people. Um, that should be fun. Be a bit weird. Get having my sister get married. Uh, that'd be funny. Has that been delayed all throughout this last year or anything? Or um, plan for that? It has not been delayed. It has been uh, redone. We would have been okay. in France. So right now, 
I would have been loving life and would have been at one of my wow. clients' chateaus um, that they let me have, of course. Um, but yeah, we would have been over in Bergerac and I beforehand had like asked for my client's house out there to have the week prior and then I would have gone into the wedding on the weekend. So it's just changed the date slightly and changed from uh, Bergerac, lovely south of France, just outside Bordeaux, to Essex. Yep, okay. Um, Mate, so. classier then. <laughs> it's going to be a lot classier and a little bit smaller. I think there was only many, there was many about 70 people going to France. Though it wasn't going to be massive, but it was going to be quite nice. Um, but yeah, it's obviously a lot smaller because those are the restrictions. So I think it's a blessing in disguise because I think you get to cull some people you don't really want there. So yeah. yeah. And then you it also gives you an excuse and you go, oh, sorry, COVID. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, if you don't want it, if you want to bin somewhere, and also there's a lot of like, so a, a bit of my family won't be there, right? Because like the old aunts and uncles and that kind of stuff aren't going to travel because of COVID and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, if they're listening, sorry, sorry guys, up from Newcastle and all that, I'm doubt they're listening. They have no. They will be listening, I, definitely. <laughs> they have no idea what I do. They're like, yeah, Tom lives in London. Great, thanks. Okay. Yeah, he does That's something in London. Good. You like you like the lifts the weights and stuff. I think he ties you tidies the gyms and stuff like that. Your fitness instructor. Yeah, that's right. That's fitness, the, that's instructor. The one. Yeah. fitness instructor. Fitness instructor. Mr. Motivator, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> I do that, but yeah, wonderful, mate. Um, fun week. So we got we're gonna we've got Dan wants to talk about expectations of weight loss. I believe that's the title of the podcast. Um, so weight loss expectations, what you would expect to lose in a day, two days, a week fortnightly i mean this guy this guy knows it all um so and then we got some questions from insta because uh, literally about an hour and a half before we started recording <laughs> i put it up i was like oh probably should ask somebody if they if they if they're that keen to look at my stories then uh, yeah we've got about four questions uh, i think four four or five maybe from that that oh, brief period that have gone up um some of them more relevant than others not gonna lie, as always. As one always, of them, one of them is from my sister, um, not the one that's getting married. So, yeah, the ballet dancing weirdo. So, yeah, which is always gonna be fun. Um, yeah, mate. But have, have you got a protein bar? I have got a carb killer. Yeah, I'm still Lovely. waiting. I've put an order in. Where did I put an order in for? I put an order in for somewhere. We put an order in last week. Source some foods, after, but they haven't. Yeah, they take forever. I read the off the the show, and they had they literally said it was ten working days. So I'm that's not looking good even for next week. So I might go on like I might yeah tomorrow at some point look at some other stuff. So basically I walked into, so I've decided whilst we're doing this, I'm going to walk into my local supermarket. So I went back into Sainsbury's because this guy was actually okay last time. And it is the other misfit bar that they have. Ooh. And the misfit bar was, Oh, it was okay last time. Like the, uh, the vegan plant-based bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry. Good bar. Um, and this is the one that like, so this is chocolate caramel. I've got Misfits Chocolate Caramel, which you can buy from Sainsbury's. I think I'm going to go into Holland and Barrett next time and see what you can get from there. But I don't really like Holland and Barrett. I'm not oh, a big fan. I feel like it's a bit airy-fairy and they're going to try and sell me stuff. And I'm going to be like, look, most of this stuff is bullshit. Just eat food. Um, wear your protein bars. 
So yeah, they probably won't like me if I, if I say that. <laughs> no, they won't, Tom. But that's what that's what it is. I just don't like the fact they sell all that shit. I just like I don't like and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's like, like there's ooh, some good yeah. stuff and then there's some bad stuff. It's like a, it's a shop with no morals. I feel like, but yeah, yeah, that's what I hate about it. So misfits, I'm gonna go with. What are you gonna go with, Daniel? I'm not gonna bother because I've just got carb killers and everyone knows what they taste like. Everyone so knows like... what carbs are. Got well, they know what most of them taste like. You take you you do your misfits bar. Um, I'll wait until the swallows and foods come back. But yeah, I mean, I've got uh, a dark chocolate raspberry grenade carb killer. I've got the white chocolate peanut again, salted caramel. They're all good flavors, you know. They're not going to be anything people don't know. So or whilst, you know. whilst we're whilst we're talking through that, and I get a thing, but give us in that box. Have you got the list of what you what you've had? Because give us a quick give us a quick ranking one to five or something of carb killers. Ah, oh, right. Well, the best one. Is one one of the best ones is the newest one they've got the salted caramel the chocolate chip salted caramel is very very good because it's a different slightly different recipe a bit softer I really like that one the dark chocolate raspberry is also good the white chocolate and peanut is probably one it's a very very good one but it's a bit too sickly that one for me I think and then for me the cookies and cream is right at the top I just love it I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if it's because it tastes more like a biscuit I don't know um. And I had chocolate chip cookie dough today of that, which was good. But the top five tend to be the ones that are most recent, except the apple crumble one, which is absolutely dreadful. Do do not order that ever. Just not worth it. Um, the birthday cake one was awful. I really don't like that at all. Um, just just plain vanilla, boring. Nah, not a fan. Not a fan of that one. Um the what else what other ones are there let me have a little look at the what other ones i got um the jaffa quake was again like bang average white chocolate cookie bang average the peanut nutter bang average um the one that annoys me that they got rid of was the banana one i thought that was very very good but they got rid of that one no they don't do that it was limited edition yeah. but if i was to do top five it's chocolate chip salty caramel number one cookies and cream number two uh, dark chocolate raspberry number three, um, probably white chocolate salt peanut four, and then it is chocolate chip cookie dough number five. Lovely. There you go. <clears throat> There's your order. That's the top five. Good. Right. Verdict. Misfits bar. These are good. Um, oh, the plant-based bar. It can't be good. It can't it's be so, good. It's so, it's so annoying. That like the last one I liked, didn't I? And I did mention I'm yeah. absolutely Hank Marvin at the top, so it might be that, mate. Um, I'm not too sure whether that's a thing. I might order a Wagon Mama's podcast just in case, um, basically. But the plant-based... Oh, I wish I could organize Wagon Mama's. <laughs> plant-based chocolate caramel. I think it's better than the other one I had. That was dark like chocolate raspberry. And again, it's... Mm. It's 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 the fact that they've got those little protein crispies, like with the caramel. It's got protein crispies, caramel, and then a, a decent natural bar and like chocolate in it. It mm. tastes really good. I'm not gonna lie, like the crisp. It's like having a Mars bar annoying. with some crispies and stuff on it. Um, and, the, and like the the earthiness of always having whatever protein it is, the vegan stuff, is not not bad. Like how much protein. proteins in it? Uh, 16 grams so that's the thing it's slightly mm. small but it is only a 45 gram bar at 186 calories which okay. ratio wise is probably about right, so really 
basically if they made it a little bit bigger it would have the, the equivalent 20 grams and it would be okay right so yeah you've got less than one gram of sugar which is on the front because night sugar kills people um yeah. yeah and it's right it's okay i i would quite happily grab those instead of like some of the other crappy bars in sainsbury's okay um yeah misfits bar i'm gonna get to know oh wait protein my protein yeah can't do that not allowed no allowed i'm gonna give you my code and i still no i've not i've not given anybody my code (laughs) i'm the worst influencer ever what do you yeah yeah. i just i just want it just want give me the clothing and stuff um, yeah, I need more workout tops. <laughs> so, it's all just, I'm like, stuff. Oh, just want free stuff. Yeah, I got a nice bag. Yeah. I like that. Good. I'll be using that later. Um, lovely. All right, protein bar brew done. All right, let's dip into this, Daniel. Weight loss expectations. Yeah, so this come about. I did a I did an IGTV video on this. So if you want to listen to that or watch that first, head over to there. Uh, and then come back, pause this, watch that, come back. Um, is that we, I, I notice it a lot with uh, so many people and my clients do it and I always try and make sure they don't get too excited about it, is that they celebrate like losing half a kilo or a kilo overnight. You know, like when, you know, when you, you know, you're dieting and someone's, and you have a coach, if you have a coach or you, you know, your weight stays the same for three days and then it drops half a kilo. You're like, yes, dropped overnight, half a kilo overnight, or you dropped a kilo. Some people can drop a kilo overnight. That's not body fat. Like it's just not, it's not body fat. And people have a really bad relationship with the scales. And as a coach that asks their clients to weigh daily, the question is, well, why get me to weigh daily? If like, you don't want me to worry about it. And I said this to, to Mike the other day, we were talking about it, and I actually use body weight to tell me more about the client's current lifestyle status than anything else. I look at weight more so for stress as a stress response than, than anything. So I look at sleep quality and stressful life situations. I'll look at weight uh, or cycle, time of the month, those things. They are far more predictable. They are far more predictable things that you can gauge from someone's weight than fat loss so i delved into the numbers i did some very very simplistic maths and i did it for the blitz group and i've done it for other people i did it for the video and i worked out that if you're roughly trying to shoot for a three and a half thousand calorie deficit a week which is what most people shoot for 500 calories a day um because it's kind of somewhat i hate the word sustainable but it's somewhat easier to do than if you do like a thousand a day so let's just say 500 calories a day right if you're looking to you know three and a half thousand a uh calories in a week that in theory means that you lose half a kilo in a week. That's what you're, you're shooting for on average, right? And that equals 70 grams a day of fat loss. Seven zero, like go weigh that out in like, you know, sugar or salt or oil and you'll see how fucking pitiful that is. And set of scales, they just can't pick it up. Like they wouldn't be able to register that amount of fat loss. If you were to keep everything constant, everything constant on the scales, that is 0.07. Most scales go in 0.1 up or down. So weight scales wouldn't even be able to register it. Some of them, right? And the thing that frustrates me is people 
then see the scales go down by half a kilo or a kilo overnight and they celebrate oh my god it's amazing it's great i've lost this much weight and then my my point of view is that the reason that they then get upset when they see a kilo go on overnight is because they celebrate the fact it goes down by a kilo the reality is that neither of it neither of them the, the going down or the going up is body fat and i said the other day as well as me so me and mike also t- chat about this I said it on that call. I said, the higher the amount of weight loss or gain overnight, the more likely it is it's not body fat. Like, more likely it is. Like, because it's just ridiculous. Like, it's physiologically impossible to lose or gain that amount of body fat overnight. And it just, it just strikes me as odd that people get so worried and upset about these numbers. But then it occurred to me that the reason is because they celebrate the fact that they lose a kilo in a week or they lose two kilos in a week. And then the next week, they lose none. And I'm like, yeah, but over the two weeks, you've still lost fat every day because you've adhered to your diet. You've stuck to things. You know, you've done all the right things. But it's just not been changed on the scales. And then, like, But why is that? And I was like, well, because assuming your body is 50% water, it's probably a little bit more than that. It's probably a little bit more than that. Assuming it's 50% because it's easier for the maths. If you're 80 kilos, that means that there is 40 kilos of water in your body which is 40,000 grams. So do you think possibly that when you go to bed one day and you wake up the next day, that the 40,000 grams of water in your body may have fluctuated by 70 grams one way or the other? I'd say there's a pretty high chance that it might be. Do you know, it's quite a big number. And they just don't understand that unless you're weighing out your sweat, your piss, your shit, the amount of food going in, the amount of food left in your body, um, you know, all these things, you you're never going to know what that, where that number's at, how much salt you ate the day before, how many carbs you had the day before. And then we started talking about, okay, your body can store, you know, roughly 10 times the amount of weight you've got in kilos as glycogen. So if you're 80 kilos, you can store 800 grams of carbs as glycogen in your body. If you're dieting, that number gets depleted. Your body doesn't stop up those stores. It stays. So let's just say for sake of argument, you're fully depleted. You've got no carbs stored in your body. You would have 800 grams of carbs which would also mean that you then have with that three times the amount of water stored with them, right? So all of a sudden you start looking at these numbers and go, hang on, that's 3,200 grams there made up of carbs and water that again, fluctuate on any given day based on how much you move that day, how many carbs you've eaten, whether you've trained, right? What time of day you ate those carbs. And I'm sat there going like all these big numbers, 3,200, 40,000. And you're worrying because you're worried about whether you're seeing a 70 gram loss on the scales overnight because that's what you're trying to achieve every day 70 grams and like all these numbers are moving up and down constantly and then people get worried because they see the number go up but yet they celebrate it when it goes down and i'm out and the whole point of the video was to say none of it is anything to worry about going down stop celebrating it's not fat loss you've not lost that much weight overnight it's not fat calm down so likewise don't get fucking upset when it goes up that amount weight is a great indicator of your progress if your goal is fat loss or muscle gain over a three to 12 month period it is not useful to look at day to day week to week it's fucking useless to measure fat loss i measure it with my clients to measure so many other things like i said stress lifestyle sleep quality carb intake all these sorts of things right time of the month and it just needs to just fuck off this concept of like oh overnight i lost a kilo you didn't you really didn't like seriously have a word with yourself have a word with yourself because you didn't you just didn't um and and it's it's one of those things where you should only compare your weight like i said two three months 
previous to what it was previous has it changed if it hasn't changed in two three months then you can look at stuff and go something's wrong but likewise if over that two three months the weight hasn't changed but your waist has come in 10 centimeters you're lifting heavier than ever and your clothes fit better fuck off worrying about the weight i couldn't give a fuck it doesn't mean you haven't lost body fat it just means it's not shown on the scales because of all the other things that are going on you may have gained muscle tissue you may have gained carbs in your muscle maybe more full you may be taking creatine there's just like you're not going to ever detect 70 grams coming off the scales each day. So don't even fucking bother trying. And it, and it coaches as well. If you're listening to this, your PT stop celebrating your client's weight loss overnight by that amount, because you celebrating it and going, Oh, that's great. Teaches them to then get upset when it goes up by the same amount overnight. What you need to do is educate your client and say, well, all that's happened overnight is that, you know, when the weight was stagnant for the last two weeks, you were stressing about it and you got more stressed and you've just done that big board meeting, right? That you're really stressed about and you've had a weekend off with the family and, and whatever, and you now not been working and on a Monday, you're new low weight. It's because the stress has gone. You've dropped loads of fucking water. You need to educate people that that's the reason why that all the work they were doing previously is now adding up and it now counts and it's now shown on the scales. That's all it is. So that's, the, that's what I want. I think it's really important that those of you who are dieting, listen to this, understand 70 grams a day is not detectable. Stop fucking worrying. Stop looking for it. It doesn't <laughs> happen. Three or 12 months. Coaches, listen to this. Don't let your clients celebrate overnight weight loss like that. And don't you celebrate it because it just doesn't happen. Understand the numbers. Look into the numbers. Do, do, like, do what I did. Break it down for them. And people soon realize. And I, and I also did the breakdown of... Um, Stephanie Buttermore did the 10,000 calorie challenge and she did a whole YouTube case study where she worked out how much body fat she'd actually gained from doing that. So her maintenance is two and a half thousand calories, but basically because she'd been dieting again, depleted of glycogen because your body upregulates neat because of the thermic effect of feeding, all this sort of stuff. She actually only gained half a pound of body fat, like on a DEXA scan. She did an actual DEXA scan. She got tested and all that sort of stuff. Her weight had gone up fucking loads, obviously, <laughs> as it would. But the actual amount of body fat had gone up by half a pound, so 125 grams. Like nothing. Like nothing. And this is what annoys me when people get worried that they, oh, I had a burger and chips. Oh, I shouldn't have had a burger and chips. Oh, my weight's gone up a kilo and a half. Yes, because it's salt, carbs, water, loads of shit, all that <laughs> yeah. sort of stuff you don't gain fat that quickly. Forget about it. If you do that 10 days in a row, yes, worry about it, <laughs> right? There's something going wrong. But the one-off is just not an issue. And that's the thing that I get frustrated with is if you don't know what goes into that number on the scales, don't fucking panic about it. I know what goes into it, right? If you don't know, just do what your coach tells you to do and you'll be fine. Um, yeah, it's just, um, it's just frustrating. And that's kind of where it came from was people celebrating losing a kilo overnight i'm like stop fucking celebrating it's nothing it's not body fat weird isn't it so, yeah. it's like the it's like the adverse thing for like training where you'd celebrate a lift or something like that you'd celebrate that on that um but it's obviously the cumulative work that's going to get there but maybe you but you it's, it's but i guess it's the same really if you look at a training goal right you're only ever than a test at the end of a phase so yeah. in theory scale weight you should probably only ever like you said test at the end of a phase so you, like, you run it's, it's like you run you... the cycle of trying to lose weight for the next two months because that's all the compound heavy strength exercise you're gonna do so hopefully that yeah. load goes up on the bar so you're gonna do the next two months dieting hard so that weight on the scale goes down 
then that yeah. but that might be plausible. So I think that's a good way of in terms of looking at it. It's like why we we don't test our training every week? Why the fuck are we trying to test our body weight every day? It's insane. Like and actually is, taking that as ridiculous. gospel. Like it it's fine because obviously I do the same as you, Dan. I I I get my clients to weigh every day if they can. Like if it's feasibly possible to do. If not, they're going to weigh themselves every single time they're in the gym with me because we have scales. And it's like fine. So that's their regular thing, just so I can track other shit. And I want to see an average. And I, I say that so much. I was like, I want to see the average go down. I don't care what it was on the particular day. I want to see the average and make a graph from it. Okay. That's all we want to see. We want to see that line. It doesn't matter if it's like this, but it's going this way kind of thing. If we're really worried about that, but that's not the be all and end all because it's something we teach on body comp. It's just like, all right, well, we're going to take so many other measures and probably the biggest ones we're going to take are the measurements of you. So that's probably better. Measurements and photos trump scale weight, any coaches out there, but they take slightly longer than stepping on a scale for the general pop. So therefore they don't do it. But if you're invested and you paid for it, then fucking do it. I don't understand. Yeah, and, and look, and, and I've had it before. Where people go, oh, but you know, if it's triggering, why do I need to? You know, I, I get worried about it, or I get stressed about the scales. Why do I need to weigh every day? And like, for the very reason because you get stressed about it, you need to <laughs> yeah. understand yeah. and see that that number goes up and down. Even if you have a great day and a perfect day, and you do everything exactly perfectly, it, it may go up the next day. It may not change yeah. the next day. You need to understand that that what you do the day before you weigh has no relevance to that scale weight. You need to start seeing that, and we get it all the time, and it happens every. Single blitz the first two weeks people are like oh my fucking god i hate weighing myself every day i feel like shit week four hang on a minute my scales aren't really moving but i'm noticing my clothes feel loads better and i'm feeling better in general all this sort of stuff good shit week six all of a sudden oh i'm not really not bothered by the scale weight anymore i just realize it's just another number it doesn't it doesn't define me and now i feel great i'm like yeah i know we told you this in week two you didn't listen. but it's just something you have to experience you do have to experience yeah. it um but yeah, it's just it's just so common, and it's the reason is because it, it's it's the naivety. It's not knowing what goes into that number. The 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 theory is well, it's body fat because I've eaten food, so therefore it's fat. And, and, and on a very simplistic level, it's like well, well no, that's not, not how the human body works. <laughs> that's a very simplistic way of looking at it. Like you assume that all food you eat gets turned to fat, yeah. and I think that's what people think. They think eating food fat. The more food I eat, the more fat I have. And it's like, no, but there's more, there's more to it than that. Like you need a certain amount of food to live. They, people kind of get that element to it. Yeah. But then it's like, but a burger doesn't contribute to you having the calorie requirement to live, but a salad does. Or <laughs> no, salmon, salmon and green veg does, but burgers don't. That's different. Your body thinks, that's di- you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, but you sometimes have to know the numbers and break it down to, to really kind of understand it, I suppose. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, but they all found it very, very helpful, which was great on the live call. They all said how, you know useful it was and i was they're scared of you they're scared of you Dan. basically they're incredibly (laughs) when you get ranty i don't know whether you're nice to them because on here you haven't got any faces or anybody we can't see i I did the same i did the same (laughs) i I, I was my usual self i just sort of said look you know you're being fucking idiots you need to get a grip you know (laughs) that's the way i am but um it's i think people appreciate that like you know it's it's the no bullshit kind of approach is what people need and you can't really sugarcoat this stuff. It's, it's to me, it's basic, but it's only once you've explained it to people that it, they understand it and they realize, oh, actually, shit, I didn't realize this many things contributed to it all. Um, 
And, and the other thing as well, just to finish on, is that one of the biggest influences on your water balance in your body is your hormones. And they're another thing you have no control over. So it's like, stop worrying about this shit. Like you can't eat hormones. You can't fucking like worry. You can't manage them on a, on a, on a, on a, you know, a minute level on a day-to-day basis. You just have to deal with whatever's thrown at you with that. And <laughs> like, just so- an FYI, that does not mean go and do some fucking polyquin bullshit and trying to manage oh, them. No. Do not try it. No, you can't. Do not try to manage them. Okay. Any fucking trainers <sighs> out there who go, but oh, I've got, what, what's the, what's their course? Oh, it's fucking biosig. Biosig, fuck that off. Doesn't work. Fucking moronic. Just let it happen. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Like you haven't got fat calves because you have too much estrogen. Doesn't matter. Work like that. And all right, all right. How do we get our estrogen down? Take the supplement that I sell. Oh, interesting. Alongside weight training, losing body yeah. fat, moving <laughs> more. Yeah. Yeah. Biosync. If you have anybody, if any trainer is thinking about doing that course, fuck that right off. Do mine. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, should we answer we got a couple of questions? Couple of questions. All right. Um, we got, I'll probably answer these on live, on live, on a story as well. 15 seconds worth. 15 second answers. And then they can fucking listen Ooh. to this one properly. Um, all right. Training for a 10K. Snore. Don't do it. Um, oh, do anything worse. <laughs> training for a 10K. Should I change my strength workout, reps, weight, and exercises? Do you want to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't really contact. I don't know what you're doing right now. Um, so I'm not too sure. I'm Strength workout. I'm guessing you're doing lower <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah, get strong. Fuck it. I think yeah. be, be safe. It's just so underrated. Like, you know, people, so, don't, so people don't talk about it. I think with 10Ks, I think what people um, underrate is, uh, obviously, I'm going to fall on this side. Oh, hey, Molly. Um, Someone's turned up. Molly's decided to turn up. <laughs> nice. I think what people underrate on uh, on becoming, like, doing a 10K is the kind of soft, basic plyometrics. Um, is That's what I would look at if i'm going to add in anything would be soft basic plyometrics like little bounding drills and stuff like that because guess what that's not even musculature and it's going to help become more springy and running really fast but yeah i'd get strong get strong and quicker basically i i i I think it's i i posted this the other day like whatever your fitness goal i don't care what any fitness goal you've got you cannot go wrong getting stronger. You just can't. Like oh, yeah. There is no negative. There is no drawback of being stronger in any fitness goal, any fitness goal. I don't believe it. I don't believe there is any drawback. Yeah. I think, yeah. It's only positive. Do a general phase, like keep go full body, full body, full body, like probably two, three times a week, crack on. And then like, then start to like, look at stuff and be like, maybe you stay away from bilateral compound. That's the only thing I'd say is like, probably you're doing step ups, split squats and yeah, uh, definitely, 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 in, definitely unilateral stuff instead yeah. of compound movements, like all over unilateral or offset stances and stuff like that. Um, which is cool. I actually did that. I should have videoed it with my clients today. So I was doing like offset, like squats. And then their next thing was, um, yeah, B stance or stagger stance or kind of natural stance, um, vertical jumps, um, which 
it's like baffling to people when I make people go, no, you're going to have one foot in front of the other like for a little bit. I don't, I don't care how, what you jump. I just want you to jump and hit that for me from a standing yeah, stance. I think, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of that as well. I think if you're an athlete uh, or you're like someone that does something that's a bit more, a bit more extreme, potentially that kind of thing. Yeah. I think there's a lot of use, a lot of benefit of doing that sort of work. Like your main compound lifts can be stronger, bigger, bilateral, making sure your form's good, of course. But I think a lot of your supplementary movements and lifts can be that sort of stuff. I think it's really <laughs> overlooked because you're never, you're never, like you say, when you jump for a basketball, going right. Are my feet there? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I never you got someone pushing you. Right. You know, you. It's. I think it's a really good thing. I think you're gonna. I think we're gonna see it more and more over the next year of training. I think that's gonna be something we're gonna see a lot yeah. more. Um, like I, I, more. I've done it for a while. Like dance broad jumps with people it's like i was like when was the last time you just lined up like lovely jump over this bit no if you like jumping up a curb or something like that or you jump in somewhere you're gonna be like off one foot most of the time i i like make my clients do a lot of like single leg hop like jump things so if they're hopping up or yeah. single leg box hops and stuff like that because they're like oh why are we doing this it's odd they do panic all the time like and the amount of panic of jumping up a step on one leg and i'm like definitely definitely can do it i wouldn't make yeah. you do it if you couldn't <laughs> yeah. like, i'm gonna trip i'm like and what's gonna happen if you do like nothing number one <laughs> you're gonna fall over look funny and i'm gonna laugh but you're still gonna get up and do it again <laughs> yeah basically all right uh that ends that question all right um we've got one more training related one and then one more stupid one um how do i how do you how do you structure your one-to-one session? Uh, right. Been pointed out that I can't fucking speak. <laughs> Sessions. One of my clients teasing me the whole fucking time today. I was like, I bet. She was like, can you speak up? Like she did she knew about it, but like her husband told her, because I trained him as well. And uh, she was like, I can't buy it. Can you can you speak up? It's like Yes, Anna, I can't speak properly. Okay, it's fine. I've got these in. <laughs> We're all having a laugh. Um, yeah, okay. How do you structure your one-to-one sessions, e.g. two compounds, then super sets or tri-sets, etc.? Obviously, it depends on the individual, uh, number one. On I, think, the time. I think it's... It, <sighs> In terms of one to one and online, I think again, I personally different. Um, I think one to one, you 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 can not be a bit more call audibles necessarily, but again, based on people coming in and what time they come in, based on how stressed they are, I think you can make a lot better decisions. Again, what equipment's available, um, I think you can plan a rough plan, but then you can, if you're a good in person PT, you have to be flexible because you can plan the perfect thing at the end. But if the ski erg's taken and it's you want to do that and someone's on it doing a marathon you need to think on your feet and think right what else can i do you Am I going to to the john clark's gym and then yeah yeah, yeah. You ain't getting on um, <laughs> but i think i think to be honest like in-person pt that, that's tom's domain and you'd probably do exactly what's on the pt core i assume and it's exactly how i would do it <laughs> exactly how you do it it's exactly um, how i would do it it's going to be <laughs> like a quarter warm-up quarter strength quarter like compound superset yeah, tricep weight movements little, and then 15 minutes little, of little condition. thing about it didn't we yeah like we, we put it into five because luke luke forced me to have a cool down in there and he was like what do you do for a cool down i was like let him walk home 
walk um, out of the gym. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm getting paid for that. Um, no, we do five minutes of cool down. Um, sometimes I'd let them cool down if they want to. Basically, I'm like, you can do what you like. If you feel like you need to do this, do this, do this. I'm not going to coach you for it because it's basically the same thing you did at the start. If I'm really honest, <laughs> like just a really tempo, slow version of that would be nice. Um, I think people are like, oh, we must cool down properly. I'm like, yeah, if you're an athlete and you need to train the next day, like properly and hard, I get that. Like you, we used to do it right with football players and we'd take them for a, like what would be a fast paced cool down and stuff like that to properly mm. bring them down to a level. So they're not that sore. But most of the general pop aren't going to get that from a 60-minute session. But, yeah, I'd be like, I'm 10, 15, 20 minutes of warming up. But warm-up does consist of rolling out, floor-based mobility, dynamic-based mobility, 10-yard locomotion mobility. That is not just mobility. That's like bodyweight lunges, bodyweight lateral lunges, all this kind of stuff moving. And then it has a loaded warm-up, which – for some people might be like, oh, this is circuit training. Like, no, it's just a loaded warm-up through three pounds that you're probably going to go and lift in your compound exercise. And then that also has, we have upper body, lower body power, which is the most neglected, I'm sorry, neglected bit in all one-to-one personal training or online personal training. People do not teach people how to be powerful and catch themselves for injury risks. Don't happen. It just doesn't happen. Like, like, all right, and when do I they? Do I don't it? do it. I put my hands up. I, I don't do it. Yeah, it's just like, all right. Well, the biggest injury risk for most people is the 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 inability to decelerate on movement, which is power mm. and being able to move quickly and decelerate and absorb. Which mm. yeah, it just doesn't happen. So that always that happens in every one of my clients, no matter if they're seventy years old, they're doing some sort of power based movement. But like, oh, what? Like, it's relative. It's just moving fast for them. That's it. It doesn't matter. Um, so there's some sort of med ball based work, a thousand percent. Um, and then I move into the compound stuff. So I've already covered that. Let's say like tops 20 minutes of that stuff and it just cycles through. And when I say that, like with the, the warm up, and you obviously do that in PT core, it doesn't mean you have to do like rounds and rounds of it. Like I'll literally make somebody do an exercise once, sit. They're moving on to the next one. They just have exercise variation. They've hit a similar movement pattern once, one set, one set of 10 there, one set of eight there, one set of five there, off we go and do something else. Um, because people look at my program sometimes, they're like, you get through all of that? And I'm like, yeah, I've only got one set programmed. Like, but they do it so often and it becomes so automatic when they walk in the gym, it's fine. And then, yeah, I do compounds. It depends on phases. At the start, um, so I'll have compound basic kind of basically it's normally going to be a, a compound movement with a some sort of core based or upper base movement as a tricep. But if you're in the first five months, five, six months of a phase with me, you will be doing triceps pretty much nonstop free things and you will be working to a work intensity uh, you'll be getting yeah your kind of volume up most of the time, and your your main thing on the tricep is what I'm looking for, and then the other two are kind of supplementary, uh, not really taxing out the main thing. There's always going to be a strength based element to the first one, so the first tricep and the second tricep, and then it's like filler, I guess you can call it if you really want to. But I'm really concerned about those two, and then we've probably got core based, anti rotation, rotation, lateral flexion, all that kind of bullshit, right? 
then after six phases, I think it's five, five or six phases. I could look, but I could be wrong. Then you start doing just pairs of things. And then you start looking at like deadlifts with like kettlebell swings or something like that, or power swings or like pull-ups and all that bullshit. Yeah. So then you, you do like two compounds. My clients never, ever only do one exercise. Complete waste of time. Ever. PT. Ever. Complete waste of time. Yeah. And like the only plausibility from I don't I don't think there is a plausibility for it. There if isn't. I'm truly, truly honest. Even if you're if you're good, if you're yeah, like, I just don't. Even, there's no there's no there's no explanation. even powerlifters. If I were to train them, I would be getting them to do probably some anti-based core-based thing mm-hmm. in between their big sets because it's not really doing. It's not going to tax them to the, the degree because. They're still going to be training to like the the intensity that I want, that kind of thing. Yeah. And they might be doing, and doesn't mean like that tricep I could I talked about could be like fucking heavy deadlifts, like you're doing doubles, something like that. Then your other two exercises could be yeah, like all I want is two like side planks, and then I want a kind of I don't know some glute uh, kind of hip stretch. Cool. That's that's my tricep in, in essence. People are like, oh, we're stretching. Still an exercise. Fine. Um, I can put that in. But it's just how you kind of put it in and correct Daniel. Paying for the service is insane. Like now we're gonna sit here for three minutes because that's what the I just that's for me. Like I think that's the that's probably the main difference. (laughs) The main difference between I think that's the main difference between online and in person. If if you're an in-person PT you should be maximizing that hour because you've got that person there for the hour. And online, you've got the updates, you've got the check-ins, you've got a little bit more of the accountability side of things, but also with your training, I'm programming for them maybe four or five sessions a week. So I'm like, okay, we don't have to get in as much volume in this one session. Whereas if you're seeing someone twice a week, you should be able to get the same amount of volume into two sessions as I might do in four with an online client. Yeah. No, you should be able to do it. And like I said to the, last week, my frequency in my training has gone right up in terms of each session I do. I'm doing a lot more. Like if I added up the amount of times I'm hitting each muscle group, it's gone up. And that's because, again, like like Tom said, is that you then superset and triset things because based on what your goals are, that can be very, very important. And most people in one-to-one PT, their goal should be the same as what mine is, what yours is, which is get stronger and get fitter. They're the two things. I'm not bo- I'm not bothered about how big my chest or my shoulders are, my back is. I don't give a fuck about that right now. I just want to move well, move frequently and get fitter. So that's what my, my plan is. I think that's where the only difference then in online is my programs look a bit different in the sense that, look, there's a warm-up of a certain amount, but nowhere near as detailed as Tom's is, like by a million miles. Um, it gives people enough to know that they can, they can do these things. They can be mobile. They're going to stretch it, take five, 10 minutes, that's kind of it. Then they go into a the main lift of the day, which is like the main one I want them to get very, very strong at, usually lower rep numbers once they've done their warm-up. They then go into then, if they're doing like an upper body day, I would usually pair a horizontal pull with a vertical, um, horizontal pull with a <laughs> horizontal push. Sorry. Um, you know, that sort of thing. So that it's kind of like, you know, push and pull in the same plane of motion, if possible for a lot of people. Or I'll do... Um, or I'll do like a, a superset with some sort of core exercise if I think they need it. But a lot of people still get the standard. You've got six exercises to do. They go through in this roughly this order if possible. Um, but I always say to people, look, if you can do these two together as a superset, 
do that do it like don't yeah. waste time but if you need the rest then take it and then as you as you go through and as you go to more of the isolation movements it's like right you can do these as a superset right this is easy to do as a superset but um i'll be honest like my programming is moving slowly more towards like i'm like right you can now do this in a short time period like you don't need to take an hour and a half to do this yeah. but the caveat for that is that people are paying for my session and the result not the hour of time it takes them to do that training session whereas i think as a one-to-one pt you have you have a duty of care to your client to make the most of every single second of that session in my opinion that's what i believe i think you do and, it's, and it's, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that if you're you think the best use of that time is rest then that is the best use of that time because the rationale is that that's absolutely fine it's just like is there a better thing to be doing at that time and the chance is a hip flexor probably, stretch yeah. is a hip flexor stretch a rest kind of yeah you know like is yeah. it it's like it's probably you know, is external rest, rotation like, a rest yeah like yeah. you can you can it's like you know, it's, can it's just thinking outside the box it. it's just like all right well a hip flexor stretch if this person actually has a little bit of uncomfortability and can't achieve like uh hip extension that well um maybe we do that intermittently with when they're doing alternated dumbbell press mm. i mean or like yeah they're they're bench pressing compound day or whatever it's like it's, it's, you don't just like don't just make them sit there like i just think that's an epic epic waste of time and expertise yeah. like consider you've gone through the training to get like where you are and you've got clients then bueno all good like keep them then <laughs> make a better other yeah. things not just pushing the bar or something like that like maybe you've got because we talk about primary secondary and tertiary goals and i believe that the basically the client drives the primary goal, hundred percent. And Dan agree with this. But in my world, and guess what? I differ from, and we're going to teach it. I guess my way um, on the PT core. Dan, one of the biggest gyms in the country teaches it differently. Um, and I was like, hmm, interesting. What are your PT numbers? What's first basis PT numbers? interesting obviously it has a lot to do with that but our retention rate is incredible compared to that i was like oh okay so in terms of goal setting primary goal secondary goal and tertiary goal i believe the coach decides the secondary and tertiary goals and they should be either gym based or dietary based or whatever cool and that can be in the gym it's just it's how to get there quicker as well and it's like all right let's going off on goal setting but we'll talk about that maybe another week it annoyed the fuck out of me when somebody said this um but pure gym. Um, it was like, oh no, we, we we let the clients decide the goals. I was like, clients shouldn't decide the goal. They come to you for their expertise. <laughs> like, what the hell are you? I was like, all right, I've I've come with my map. I'm, no, what? No, you get to a captain on a ship. They're going to take you where you want to go. Like, not, yeah. yeah, okay, cool. But they're going to decide how to get there. So let's let them do the secondary and tertiary ones. Yeah, cool. Really strange thing to say, I thought. But yeah, that kind of links, yeah. <laughs> links into kind of just making the most out of your program. Don't think that every minute is on the clock because I don't like that when trainers, I can see it when trainers feel pressured in a session that they're trying to come up with stuff that they think is filler or stuff like that. That just comes with a plan. Like having a plan is a different kettle of fish than not having a plan and over-program, okay? Mm. <laughs> plan for one more tricep than you really need because guess what some clients fucking go through it so quickly and it's really annoying <laughs> whereas some you're never going to get to that last one because they chat they kind of talk they kind of wander through the set like 
maybe not the correct intensity, but then that's room for improvement. And guess what? Sometimes I'm like, well, I'm just going to pick up the next session where we left off from the last one because I'm going to complete this plan to its totality. And then that happens instead. And like I might program three days and they only get through those three days every kind of two weeks. Like if they're only doing two a session, like it's fine to do that. Um, people get too wound up, I think. But what was the question? Yeah. What? <laughs> there's loads of, the thing is, there's loads of ways to do it. I think that the, the thing, the reason the answers are so convoluted is because there's so many ways to do yeah. it. Because we found this is the best way for us to do it or the way that we like to do it. It doesn't the mean that way. it might be right for you and for your me. client. Right. Yeah, I, think, that... I think you have to be, you have to be comfortable doing what you're doing, right? But I think if you do want to learn what I would consider more the gold standard, then I think do the PT core, right? We've just found since implementing, and we, we've been teaching it at Third Space for probably the last, well, throughout COVID. Like, so since we've been implementing some of this stuff, the retention rate and enjoyment rate of PT has gone up because we've been able to like the clients do more in a session. They feel more accomplished. They're not waiting around. They get like, they have fun. God forbid the client has fun by learning new things. They don't get the same. We're doing two compound exercises. We're doing this and this tricep afterwards, which is going to relate straight to like, hang on a minute. Like, we can do a little bit more with this. Surely. Like, yes, those complexes are ex- like awesome, but it's really weird. You see some of the top coaches, like, I don't know. You, I don't know. You look at like Dean Somerset and all these guys. They don't spend a lot of time doing it. Like you don't. I, I feel like they probably like they have them in, but then it's like all this other stuff that they're spangling around with, and it's like that's their filler, that's their tricep, that's their stuff. So, mm. yeah, I, I just don't get bogged down and going. Oh, we must do a five by five to the letter of the law. No, you don't have to do that. I do the five by five. 100%, but I don't think for one-to-one PT, that's probably the best thing that person's going for. If they only want strength, then that's pretty cool, but just make them do, like, five, three, one down. Like, there's still room to do stuff in between that, like, that's not going to tax you out on the five, three, one. 100%. I just, I, I think, I think people come into the gym, if someone came to me in the gym, one-to-one PT, and they were talking about, like, they wanted to, you know, get bigger and all this sort of stuff, and they were like, oh, I want to do strength. I like doing squats. I'd be like, that's great, but you come to me for help because you don't know what you're doing. So we'll do what I have to teach you <laughs> And I think that's the other thing, like you said about the goals there, is like, uh, I think you're, you've done this long enough to know 99% of people will do your program and they'll get the goal they want, regardless of what their goal is. Because the people come in and say, oh, I want to get stronger, or I want to look better, or I want to be healthier, whatever it is. Well, you'll achieve that by doing my program. Don't worry about it. Like, yeah, we'll yeah. get that. Because yeah. I know right now you're training like trash. That's why you've come to help. <laughs> yeah. Ask for help. Basically, and it's like, that's the reality of it. That's the reality of it. If someone comes in and goes, oh, I like training lower rep ranges. Okay, cool. First exercise, we're going to do squats for lower reps or whatever we're going to do. And we do the filler stuff and then we'll do all the shit I want to do anyway. It's like, I, I think PTs are too scared because they think that com- people come in, oh, I want to work on my chest. So they want chest day. No, no. They just want to results and like train them properly. And you'll, and you'll do that anyway. They'll get a bigger chest. Like, I call it. it. I call it the Joel Seidman method where literally anything will work. Anything better than what they were doing will work. So doesn't even, Joel Seidman doesn't even have to be better. Could be worse. They just do it more often. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely fine. True. So true. Or, Yeah, basically. We know that. Um, all right. Last question because we're, we're running. Um, <coughs> best ice lolly. Oh, 
Easy. Oh, hang on. Ice lolly or ice cream with a stick on a stick? Is it be lolly? Lolly. Ice didn't lolly. say ice cream, did it? Well, yeah, but I think meant like on a stick, you know. Um, All right. Okay. Right well, where, this, where does Solero Down sit? Where does Solero sit in this? Where does Solero sit, for example? Because that's like lolly, but ice cream. Is it a lolly? Yeah. Is it in the lolly section? Or is it in the ice cream right. section? If we're talking lolly, as in like, lolly, it has to be it has to be ice based. Ice based, right? Okay, that, that's the that's I what think it does okay, not cool. have ice cream in it. If it's ice based, it's a twister, hands down, because that's ice based. It's got a bit of ice cream on, but it's ice based yeah. twister. Twister. Yeah. I think I, I'm gonna have to keep because like you keep, keep your calippos. They get boring after a while. They just uh, get bored not bothered. Yeah. Not bothered about them. I get annoyed with the end as well, calippo. Yeah. But if you but if it's anything on a stick, then it's biscoff ice cream on a stick. So that's, that's, <laughs> that can be anything. Too. I'm gonna just I bring a stick. I'm gonna just shove a box of Ben and Jerry's on it. But so a stick down, it's fine. Well, okay. <laughs> Ben and Jerry's All on right, a smart stick. Ass. All right, smart ass. Smart <laughs> ass. Um, yeah, I was talking to somebody about rocket lollies today. They're, they're a bit shit. Um, yeah, then, overrated. But yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? Like actual like lollies. You know what I used to love? They're not lollies though, but uh, those uh, Solero little ball things. Solero shots. Yes. They yes, were good, yes, weren't yes. they? Like limey flavour. Um, they were great. Where'd they gone? They don't exist anymore. They were all the rage when I was a kid. No idea. So, what about, you've got, what else we got? you got fabs? Nah. I do like a fab. Yeah, it's not a top fucking ice lolly though, is it? Come on. Then you got it's... fruit pastel lollies. No, no. <laughs> fruit pastel lollies are bad, aren't they? They're not great, and then they're always quite disappointing. Twister's number one, apparently. You know, Twister's like proper up there. It's got to be, hasn't it? I think it's got to be. Yeah, they smashed it. Yeah, yeah Twister for me. No, there's no, there's no point even looking. No competition. Jolly Rancher have got some. Very interesting. I've never tried the Rountree's watermelon. That looks quite cool. Oh, actually, Daniel, uh, I think I've come back. I'm going to have to go back. It's probably the thing that I probably do actually have most is like a sun lolly. I don't think they exist like that anymore, though. Fruit mist- the triangle, like. They're the like, it's like a triangle. It's called a jubbly now, isn't it? A jubbly. Yeah. I do love those. No. They're not better than a twister, though, mate. Come on. They're sort not. your life out. No. I've written, I've written best ice lollies, and they've got like feast in here. That's like it's not an ice lolly. It's an ice cream. We've established ice cream. Yeah, cornetto definitely an ice cream. Snickers, Maltesers definitely an ice cream. So, yeah, looking on Joe, they've got Soleros in there as well. I think it's too creamy. It's too much cream. It's an ice cream, not an ice lolly. Choc ice. Oh, we got yeah. we got a little list. I feel like it's, we're going to this next week, maybe. Uh, mini milks, no. Funny feet, don't know what that is. Ribena lolly, poor. Rocket lolly, poor. Nobbly bobbly, that's just a fab without the other shit. Twix, ooh, Twix ice creams never really took off, did they? Um, fruit pastels, boring. Mars, Magnum, Magnum. That can't be a that's not a lolly. <laughs> Solero. This is no. where I feel like they've just gone for they've gone for your definition of if it's on a stick, it's an ice ice lolly. Yeah, um, so Maxibon. That's not an ice lolly. That's like an ice cream sandwich Ooh. kind of thing, isn't it? Fab. I like Fab. Maltesers. Nope, not really. Ice cream. And Snickers ice cream. It literally says it on it. Ice cream. Um, <laughs> Come on. Cornetto. 
Cornetto. I wouldn't be like, that's what? Uh, Calippo. Feast. Cone. Yeah. Oh. I do I do love a feast. They're good. Uh, Twister. And then Mr. Freeze. Ice Pop. Ice Pole. No. Too boring, basic. They're so basic. Um, yeah. Interesting. So we're going for Twister. I will give you that. I'll give you the Twister. And then I'll have number Got two. Got to me will be um, a... Uh, when I was a kid, they were called Sun Rollies, but I do know I bought them as Jubblies, but I still re- reference them because I'm old as a Sun Rollie. Okay. Lovely. All right, mate. That brings us to a close. I think, I think we've rambled on for nearly an hour. So. Time for dinner. <laughs> I know, I've got to have some dinner. Um, <laughs> it's only, only quarter to ten. That's when I, when I normally fine. eat now anyway, so apparently... Um, who knew that you could go to sleep? All right, mate. Um, so this time next week, PT Core would have been launched and I would have lost even more of my life because I'll be teaching that. So wonderful. There you go. Joyful. Good. I hope somebody who listens to this show signs up. Be a bit disappointed if they didn't. Um, <laughs> Someone should. Someone should. Uh, yeah, we would be fine. Obviously, if you're an existing student, you're already on it. So crack on. I'm assuming an existing student probably listens to this. So let's go. All right, mate. So Any so. other business? Not from me. Not from you. Not from me, mate, either. Uh, we will catch you next week. I will report back on a COVID wedding. First one of the year. Oh, yeah. Very good. Catch you later. Yeah.